this is it. The last one, the last episode of season one of Science and Feelings. You know, when I, when I started this thing, I had a lot of ambiguity about what I wanted to do, what a professional scientist would look like, and how I would fit into all of this. And I, I have to say, I actually think this helped. Talking to my friends and hearing about their lives and about their successes and their failures and their passions really helped me realize all the different ways that you can do this. You can be a scientist. You can do science. And so I think I'm done for now. I think I'm going to put this podcast back in its little box for a while. And when I need it again, and I probably will, when there's some ambiguity out in the world that I need to solve, I'll take it out of its little box and use its strength again. But for now, I think it's time for something new. And I think you'll get a hint of that newness with this conversation in this last episode. It's a conversation with my friend Kevin about the sacrifices we may choose to make in our own interests in order to make a bigger impact in the world. Kind of taking away be part of our passion in order to affect more people directly. And, it, and it's all couched within this context of something that's been eating both of us up inside, and that's climate change and what we can do about it and how, how in our positions as scientists we should try and stop it and contribute to that movement. So enjoy it. I hope you get a kick out of it. And uh, I guess until next time, this is Science and Feelings. I'm Kevin. I'm a second year student in the microbiology program here. And I'm from Boston. <laughs> what do you study? What when someone asks like, "Hey, what do you do? What's your thing?" And what do you, what do you say to that? Well, this is still a tough question for me. Has we, it like shifted around a lot? It or? has. It's been. It's it's changed a lot. It, well, it's been a progression because okay. my background, what I studied in undergrad, was ecology and evolution. Okay. And I'm in a microbiology program, so I mean, I and that was, represents a pretty. Pretty big, big shift. Yeah, big shift. Yeah. I mean, in scale alone, I was, you know, counting big old trees in Colorado <laughs> in undergrad. And, yeah. and you know, now I'm, I'm working with the teeny tiniest cells. So, right. so it's really different. But the thing that, that runs constant through all of it is it's, you know, I'm studying microbes, bacteria now, mm. but I'm interested in the ecology of bacteria. So what I was studying in Colorado is, is still what I'm interested in. So what I'm working on right now, what I'm trying to develop, I'm still in the, the process of developing a, a research project. Oh, sure. 
it's looking at the assembly of microbial communities. So what forces, uh, what processes play a role in how a community of many different species of bacteria comes into being. And are you actually able to perform experiments where you manipulate conditions such that you can actually do like some sort of causal inference of of mm. how these things mm-hmm, develop mm-hmm. or is it mostly just like pure observation ah well so this is this is tricky um okay this is that's the reason why i switched over to the microbial side of things because oh. it's much easier to manipulate a microbial system than it is to manipulate a forest <laughs> just because of the the sheer <laughs> amount of effort that would take but also <laughs> yeah. the time it would take. Right. Okay. So ideally, yes, we want to be able to manipulate these microbial communities, and we can to some extent, mm-hmm. but they're also still phenomenally complex, really challenging to control. So our ability to do so is not what I would like it to be, what I think most uh, people right. in the field would like it to be. So that's actually probably uh, what my project is, is going to be concerned with, is trying to build a system where we do have more control over it so that we can begin oh. to test these um, these ecological principles. That's, uh, that's really, really cool. Well, so the reason that we have decided to talk today mm. is, uh, is because I realized that you have been thinking about a very similar like existential crisis question that I have about and I don't know exactly how to phrase this, like the burden of guilt that we feel by choosing a field of research that is, at least from our perception, not as societally impactful uh, as a different or separate or other field. Right. Is that yeah, kind of... Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think it's it's sort of... I've... I mean, it's not that I was unaware of it before, but recently I just... I've found myself thinking a lot about what we can try to do, what needs to be done to address the, the you know... To address climate change, essentially, is, yeah. is what where is what it is. Yeah, you know that's that's the problem here, and it's mm-hmm. the question is what what kind of what can a scientist do to help out with this, or also what what can anybody do is <laughs> is even just pursuing science like we're doing, even if it's not climate science, is that enough? Could should we be right. doing something else? Right. I don't know. And then if we, if we want to stay as as scientists, I very much want to stay as a scientist. <laughs> sure. But I mean, can I? Should everything should I switch to be a climate scientist, or should I try to conduct research, staying within ecology and and microbiology that might have some beneficial impact in terms of of, of climate change, mm-hmm. which it could, right? Maybe bringing it back to kind of the more fundamental question about like how much credence should we give to the societal impact we want to make. Versus our own personal passions and interests. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, before before this climate, before this whole climate change thing, mm. or before it 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 broke into your skull, 
uh, as like an imminent danger and like completely world ending threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you make a similar calculation when you were deciding what you wanted to do with your life? Was there a decision where it's like, well, I really love doing this thing, but it might not help the world very much. And I want to leave an impact. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do something different. Was mm-hmm. there a moment like that? No, no, I've never, um, I mean, maybe when I was younger and I was like, I want to be a doctor, but I don't want to be a doctor. Did you want to be a doctor? I did want to be a doctor. I don't know why. It seemed cool. I watched too much house, I guess. But (laughs) but, I mean, so many doctors (laughs) probably did. It's all Hugh Laurie's fault. Um, No. I... And no, truthfully, I, I've never had really selfless goals in my pursuit of science. Mm-hmm. It's always been, I've just been uh, intellectually curious about scientific questions. Sure. And I've pursued them. Oh, yeah. But nowhere in there is there, uh, you know, any, any um, selfless endeavor trying to help people out or produce something useful you know i mean fundamentally it's i think we're, we're curious and we want to answer questions sure which is i mean really i think a universal thing i think everyone has that curiosity and and everyone i think i do think this if given the 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 opportunities to just pursue their their interests trying mm. to answer questions i think a lot of people would enjoy that sure but we'll move past that why am I interested in what I'm interested in? Because uh, I went to school in Colorado and I got to hike around and I met some <laughs> cool people that could look at trees really well. Okay, sure. so like it's I'm very much a product of my experiences. Of course, but fundamentally, yeah. what I am is curious and I want to ask questions and answer questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking and answering questions about ecology. Okay, because I find them interesting. I don't know much about climate science. If I learned more about climate science, I would, I think, very likely find myself interested in the questions that are unanswered in that field. I see. So then, you know, why not shift to climate science and Mm -hmm. say, I will find just as much selfish reward. I will still be able to be intellectually engaged doing what I want to do, which is asking and answering questions, it might just be more societally beneficial. Right. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, do you think that's actually possible for you to, like, engender the same amount of passion and interest in something you haven't chased as something that you have? Yes, definitely. Okay. I think... Definitely, I, I would be capable, and I would maybe argue that anybody would be capable. Anyone in our position, which is some, as someone who's, who's pursuing their intellectual interests mm-hmm. as a career, would be capable of switching fields like that and finding questions that they're interested in and working to answer them. So you don't think that like content... No. Is relevant to passion. You think no. like form. It's the process. The process and the like type of work. And what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Mm. We're asking questions and we're answering questions. Yeah. It's the scientific method that's rewarding, I think. Okay. Perhaps maybe more 
maybe it's more rewarding. I do really like trees and plants and and <laughs> bacteria. So I like working with this system, but I would still be able to derive enjoyment and fulfillment from asking questions in a completely different field of science. Because that intrinsic process yes. of like developing and creating new knowledge yeah. about a thing is is so rewarding. Yes. Yeah, that's that's Do you think the same? I mean how how do you feel? Well I, I struggle I struggle to imagine that. I think I have talked in very similar ways to you in the past about like, yeah, you know, I can just kind of get interested in anything. Like mm. I can I can find myself caring about anything. And I think to a certain extent that's that's true. But now I'm thinking a lot about I guess I kind of personally assumed that I I would be less inherently interested in the not necessarily in the question asking process because I actually think we have different levels of interest in that mm-hmm. that type of mm-hmm. work that process actually okay um, which is why I think I'm more on the applied end of yes. research yeah I than think you. that is right you are more applied yeah and and therefore I'm a little bit more. I'm closer to the content mm-hmm. of a question than the process of like mm-hmm. investigating that question. Are which you is like, though? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I, not. I maybe mean, not. Because there are just there are just as many opportunities if we you were if we were both to make the transition into climate sciences uh-huh. or something in that domain to do something very applied, right? And it perhaps yes. just producing something applied, you know. Finding a solution to a problem mm-hmm. would give you that same sense of fulfillment. Yeah, who's to say? Who's to say? I don't. I, right, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm obsessed with the process of applying knowledge and not like the actual brain-computer interfaces. Yes, right? the actual. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. There is a similar like thought process and deliberation that people make when like considering about careers though, which is how focused and limited or broad and like impactful do you want your work to be, mm-hmm. right? Like your basic science research mm-hmm. has the potential to touch millions of lives. It, I think Maybe. it's true, right? Maybe. Like mm. if, you, if, if you discover something about how the world works, that knowledge can affect millions of people. Sure. But if me as a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, like the most I can do is, and this is a broad generalization of the medical profession, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I meet with a certain number of patients every day mm-hmm. and I like change their lives bit by bit, mm-hmm. but I can't necessarily speed that up. Right. Yeah. One of the reasons why climate change has been such an ignored issue is that it's so humans are really good at dealing with immediate yes. issues. Yeah, it's right? on the horizon. It's it's not pre- it's not a pressing issue. Maybe I mean no. I mean it is a pressing issue, uh, yes, but it's but not, not it's not physically apparent. It's not yes. Uh, it's not immediate. No, For- and humans are really bad at dealing with abstract. Mm-hmm. concepts and abstract threats mm-hmm. like it's just really difficult um like you need to tell 
Like, I need to tell you that, you know, someone's coming to your house to steal your children to be like, oh, I better like care about this issue or whatever. Yeah. Um, and personally, I guess I worry that if I transferred to climate science and I was focusing on applying mm-hmm. basic science discoveries to technology that I wouldn't feel the intrinsic personal like benefit or satisfaction of helping people because I'm not meeting the people that I'm helping mm-hmm. or I'm not like, I don't have as much of a direct connection to that, even though I am applying knowledge. Yeah. Um, for me, the calculation is not, uh, like it's not the realization of, Oh, I might actually find a way to find, to care as much about climate science. I think I had assumed that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. but the question is, how much personal suffering am I willing to undergo? Mm, okay. What what level of sacrifice am I willing to make mm-hmm. for some marginal societal benefit? I see. Right. Mm. Not necessarily like career progression mm-hmm. uh, per se, mm-hmm. but more uh, maybe the overall satisfaction I feel about the work I do, mm-hmm. uh, like the day to day or the set or the kind of fascination with the topic is less and therefore I'm not as happy, but the work I'm doing is more impactful and more important and helps more people in a better way beyond myself. Like Mm -hmm. what's that calculation? Mm -hmm. Um, As well as will I do good work? Will I do good enough work if I'm not as happy? Yeah, to make a difference. Um, ah, but wouldn't you feel like you are making a difference if we're dealing with a, a project point. like this? That's that's facing down every human on the planet. You know, society in general. Even any tiny little <laughs> progress you make, you could really take that home, man. I mean, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I think at least right now it would be enormously depressing to be a climate scientist. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> because uh, nobody's listening. No, it's a real, <laughs> a very challenging uphill battle. Yeah. And they don't have the support. And, you know, even if they could try to do these things that these applied, find these solutions, you know, Deploying these solutions involves yeah. so much more than what we're talking about now. Yeah, like uh, Y Combinator, which is a like startup incubator in mm. Silicon Valley, like a really famous one, mm-hmm. just launched a new fund to fund um, like geoengineering uh-huh. uh, efforts, uh-huh. and they focused on like four different like technologies, and I can't remember all of them. One is carbon recapture. Okay. One of them is <laughs> these are like. Almost moonshot, pretty much moonshot sure, ideas. Sure. Like, oh, like we're gonna put money into figuring out how to make these cheaper because it's not possible right now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of them is uh, making land more reflective. Uh huh. Yeah. By spreading, creating a giant artificial lake. Uh huh. And and the point was like, oh, in order to. Uh, reduce the temperature rise mm-hmm. due to due to uh, global warming. All we would have to do is cover approximately the size of the Sahara Desert 
in water. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, okay, so the challenges to this would be transporting the water mm-hmm. to the Sahara. De- and like they go through it, which is... Uh-huh. Like, and keeping it in the Sahara <laughs> Desert. I mean, water's going to probably evaporate. I was. They have <laughs> a solution to that. Oh, good, okay. They put, a, they put a transparent layer over the top of the water. Uh, why don't they just build a giant mirror over the Sahara? I mean... Or are you going to get that much glass weight the entire... Oh my god! Okay, okay. Oh my wait. god, <laughs> it's made of sand. Okay, are you Let's listening? Let's wait for the Earth to get hot enough yes. that the desert melts, okay. and we turn it into a mirror, and then we reverse the whole thing. Easy, uh-huh. problem solved. <laughs> Go back to your neuroscience, everybody. <laughs> What's interesting is that I I didn't realize that. Um, surprise! People aren't like me. Mm-hmm. In that it it might not be a worry about, oh, I might hate this, but it's worth it for humanity. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for you, is it more of a, of a, oh, God, I'm worried about this now. Is it worth setting myself back so far? I mean, is that what is, I mean. Well, what for me personally, it, not as much. Because I, I think I can figure out a way out um, to turn my microbiology into something that, that could be more than I am. generally, yeah. you know, applicable. I think you totally could too, though. Mm. But but I think just for an individual who is really, you know, for the 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 centipede biologist, sure. who is a brilliant scientist, of capable course. of amazing things, oh yeah, using their incredible intelligence to to solve the the problems of the centipedes. How do they have that many legs? Oh, why? How do they have that many? Could the difficulties that they the difficulties that they would face in transitioning? I think are perhaps prohibitive. Mm-hmm. It's a, it would really be a, a selfless. Um, um, pursuit yeah. so to make a change yeah. if you're a couple years into a phd in something that is radically different and you decide you want to devote your efforts to to dealing with these larger problems mm-hmm. that's a that's a big change and that's that's certainly self-sacrifice that is difficult to make mm-hmm. but i do think that for many people for you for me for for people studying a, a you know a diverse set of of subjects, there are ways that it is applicable to to solving these problems. Right, right. So perhaps not everyone needs to make such a large change. They can maybe just alter their trajectories. Yeah. Is changing our career the most impactful thing we can do? Hmm. To help climate change. I don't know. Maybe we should all become politicians. Maybe that would be more helpful. Maybe we should all become bankers and make a ton of money and then just <laughs> then donate it. Donate that money. Maybe that would be more helpful. I don't know. Right. Because I think I think what's interesting is we've talking we've been talking kind of within Yes, yeah. With with within a circle where we assume that like we are very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> that like yeah, we are we are amazingly effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, if only we joined the climate change side. Yeah, it's so funny because like, I, I talk about, like, I'm a scientist and I'm not a scientist. Kevin, like, no, that's not true. You like, totally are. I don't, do, I don't do anything. I mean... You call yourself a microbiologist, right? Only because 
You have to. Because <laughs> I have to, honestly, because I deal with people. They say, what What do you do? And I say that. But yeah. but no, I mean, like, what I want to be, what I want to do is, is be a scientist, obviously. Right, right. And I hope that I can do a good job. And I hope that I can be mm, useful in yeah. being a scientist. Right. So it's not... Right, so when we talked about like an all ha- all hands on deck situation, it's not it's not necessarily that we all drop our science shovels and like do something that we're bad at. Instead, it's mm-hmm. like apply our skills to a different problem or to different yes. questions. Yeah. Right. right. Um, like we're not gonna make a banker go and you know try and you know dig around in the mud to try and like find a new algae you know proponent for like an algae bloom like solution for geoengineering right. like no no right. no no a banker can contribute a lot probably more than i can contribute yeah or you like use their knowledge of the financial system to try and like incentivize yes, markets exactly. and yeah. and like firms to actually change their behavior with regard to the environment right, right? like it's right. it's I mean, one of the reasons we're in this mess is that almost every aspect of human existence contributes to climate change. Yeah. (laughs) But that means that there's a lot of, a lot of attack surface effectively. Like there's a lot of things to address. Right. Because it is such a pervasive problem. I mean, anyone with any background can probably do something to help with it. Yes, that's true. Um, is it a situation where we cannot continue living our normal lives and we must like take drastic action right. or is it oh you know the time you spend volunteering mm-hmm. oh you know that money you put towards charity mm-hmm. oh you know the uh that one collaboration you have right pivot those right right um and that's enough mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do I mean not to give ourselves some overinflated self of 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 self worth or or purpose? But are we more positioned to make a larger difference than another average individual because of the positions that we are in now? Do we have greater potential to make a change and therefore have a greater burden obligation to do so? Yeah. Yeah. So should we be more as scientists, yeah. quote unquote scientists? For the purpose of this conversation. <laughs> scientists. Scientists. Do we really need to step up and do something? Right. This, Yeah, I don't know. That's really the crux of, of what I've been thinking about recently. Mm. I think personally, I would like to, moving forward, you know, over the duration of my career, try to involve some aspect of of dealing with this problem or yeah. producing something that uh, is is applicable to to solving well not solving but contributing towards a solution for this problem right right so you know and i do think to bring it sort of back just to my my field and my interests but there's a lot of potential good that can come from understanding microbial communities because they're so pervasive they're they're everywhere right. so they have a potential to change agriculture or health in ways that we that can help us deal with the side effects of climate change yeah and i think 
I think at this point, we certainly have a lot of energy, but it, I think, at least I know, I feel like I need, I need to gather more information about where to put, mm-hmm. put that energy yeah, and be advised about w- what, what we can do now, mm-hmm. because it's very possible that the advice is finish your PhD, like just yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. don't drop everything right now. Right. Right. I don't think we should do that. <laughs> no. No. Let me be clear. Yeah. Let me be clear. I don't think so either. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's just, um, you know, where does where does this issue, right? Do I need to pack up and move to Antarctica to, like, try and hold up the ice from falling into the ocean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. We do have a lot of, like, ancillary time to dedicate Mm-hmm. to things that mm-hmm. aren't our research. Right. Um, and I think a lot of, I think, especially during a period where we feel like, you know, it's actually important to finish out like this leg of whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can still do things, um, even if it's not our entire selves. Sure. Um, I think definitely. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of, things that can be coordinated with you know the the environment we exist within and what i'm Mm -hmm. sort of getting at is is education i mean i think we belong to a large university and we're so involved in education and i think a great thing that we can do is try to pass on the ability to ask questions or just the the curiosity that we feel the intellectual yeah. curiosity to others in the community. Yeah. And I think, you know, educating kids, high schoolers, yes. showing them, yes, you know, teaching them to think critically and think about these things could potentially have a larger benefit than anything we could actually do within our careers. Yeah. Just changing the minds of, of people, I think, is, is profoundly important. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We should take our problems and give them to the younger generation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. We'll teach them how to solve it. Yeah. And then we'll and then do we'll, something else. And then we'll retire. Yes. <laughs> not to Florida, though. That'll be underwater. Yeah. No. Not, not Florida. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Kansas. Kansas is the new Florida, folks. people listening to this may come away from this conversation being like, Oh God, I should devalue. Maybe I like should devalue my own interests, own interest, or, or I should sacrifice mm-hmm. and feel bad in order to chase something that I think is societally impactful. Mm-hmm. But if science has proven anything, and this was kind of going back to the beginning, if mm-hmm. science has proven anything, it's like, we don't know where progress will come from. Yeah. We don't know where that impact is. Yeah. And, uh, science proves that by being interested and invested in knowledge, in discovering things in a, in a general way, we make progress mm. and we move humanity forward. And uh, the person that makes that novel, groundbreaking, world-changing discovery isn't necessarily like chasing a world changing discovery certainly not no no they are interested in questions Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that but 
I think if you are capable of of altering your interests to do something that could potentially be helpful for for finding a solution to such large problems facing humanity, you should do that. Yeah. And maybe if you're studying centipedes, yes, to stop studying centipedes. Because <laughs> sure, we don't know where the groundbreaking discovery is going to come from, but there are likely roots. Yes. More likely yes. roots. You know? So, I don't know. I I think that saying, God, I love centipedes so much, and maybe what I will discover will help solve climate change, is is um, overvaluing your own interests. Because going back to what mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, I really do think that anything will interest any of us. So right. you could really love centipedes, but you'll also find that, man, you really love models of clouds. Right. So start learning about clouds. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. Be like, hey, you know, all right, don't just say, like I did with sociology, mm. oh, man, I had a really bad professor in my intro sociology class. I'm never going to think about studying that ever again. Like, don't be me. <laughs> don't be Take Caleb. a climate change class. <laughs> yeah. And I also got a terrible grade in my environmental economics course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh yeah, like do due diligence to like see if you can engender interest in something that's yeah. societally impactful because surprise, there's not just one thing that you love. No. You can love and have a fulfilling life and career in so many different ways and yeah. practically infinite ways. Sure. So why not pick one that is best and helpful to not just you? I think so. Is that a good place to leave it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Good. Sure. Um, well, Kevin, thank you for being on Science and Feelings. I guess. Yeah. No, it's my my pleasure to to participate. Caleb, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs>